the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Thursday, January 5th, 2023. I am Seth 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Anything on your mind you want to talk about, call in and talk about, that's what we're here for. You want to talk about the race for speaker, we can do that too. You know, I dawned on me, I was... um, a friend of mine was listening to uh, some of the discussion I was having with you all on this issue on Tuesday. Uh, we've talked about it every day uh, this week, but uh, starting on Tuesday. And uh, we had a few um, a few of you calling in uh, to disagree with my take. And I, I just I want you to know I, I loved that and I loved the way we did it. Uh, I haven't said it in a long time, but I've always thought that the um, – that the great markers for uh, dialogue, political discussion in this country, and certainly for this show, are the platonic uh, di- uh, conditions for dialogue and discussion, which are intelligence, candor, and goodwill. Muster as much intelligence as we can, engage in all the candor we have access to, and, of course, doing it with goodwill. And we've been doing that, and um, it was great. So uh, just a salute uh, that uh, we keep go- doing that through the rest of the year. And to thank you for the uh, respectful uh, disputes that we have had. Um, Perfectly great. That's what we're here for. Uh, That having been said, I will take to task uh, someone who uh, is at least voting uh, on the position I would vote for. Uh, I would be uh, voting to put Kevin um, McCarthy in the speaker's chair, not because of any great love for Kevin McCarthy, but I just don't see any alternative. And I think we continually look bad by not doing it. Uh, but uh, someone who is voting for him, someone I uh, like on again and off again from time to time, is Dan Crenshaw, congressman from Texas. He said some very unadvisable things last night. I in no way stand by those and wished he didn't say them. Uh, in fact, I would hope he might even retract them. Um, you don't talk about your fellow Americans that way. You certainly don't talk about uh, your fellow Congress uh, colleagues that way. And you certainly even more a fortiori, as we lawyers uh, like to say, you don't talk about your fellow Republicans that way. So uh, for anyone who um, who uh, who thinks I side with that kind of sentiment, I do not. In fact, uh, you may recall uh, for the uh, 20 or 21 who are dissenting on this vote, uh, you know, I just I it's it's to me it's a tyranny of the minority and nothing less and nothing more than that. Uh, I hope they get over it. Uh, by the way, I will say that the unification, the unified field theory of their position is hard to put your finger on and becoming harder by the day. On Tuesday, I understood a little bit better what that was about than I do today. Uh, when you have uh, increasingly different members of Congress being floated up, or raised up the flagpole by the uh, by the dissenting twenty. Um, it's now almost entering what you used to call silly season. Um, it was interesting enough when people said, "Well, let's make it Jim Jordan," but Jim Jordan had no interest and was supporting the guy you don't want. And then today, one of the ringleaders of that group, Matt Gates, uh, 
nominated Donald Trump for the position uh, from the floor of the House. Uh, again, uh, whatever you think of Donald Trump, Donald Trump has thrown his full support, uh, has, uh, tweeted out and uh, whatever. What's his truth social? Is that his is that his platform? He has put out uh, his his support for Kevin McCarthy. So, again, you're you're, you're now putting up people who you supposedly think are right about most or all things, but they're supporting the guy you're not supporting. So these things become inherent logical fallacies the more we go on. Lauren Boebert nominated someone today I'd never even heard of, uh, another member of the caucus. I don't mean that as a uh, as a disparagement of that person, per- probably a perfectly fine person, but yet again, uh, the unified field, field theory of, of an alternative to Kevin McCarthy becomes, it seems to me, weaker and weaker. Just at the time, I will remind that we're going to need our unity the most. Uh, the big battle we were rolling up our sleeves for was the chairmanship of the RNC. Uh, that's what we all thought we'd be fighting about. Uh, Harmeet Dillon, the attorney from California, uh, versus the incumbent uh, chair of the RNC, Ronna McDaniel. I am in the camp of Harmeet Dillon. Uh, but, uh, boy, we're not even going into that fight with any kind of uh, unity. I God knows where the 20 are on that. Uh, God, gosh knows, and not that they have a vote, but it, it it just seems to me that just at the time we need to be united the strong the most, we are proving that we don't know how to uh, unite and win with the even meager wins that we have. Um, one part of Washington D.C., the House of Representatives, um, and. If you need an example of where we're going to need this, Joe Biden today, President Biden announced, uh, did a big press conference. You may have seen it with Kamala Harris standing behind him, who he referred to as the president twice. Um, he uh, he unveiled a, a new plan on immigration or illegal immigration and announced that he will be visiting the border at El Pas- in El Paso on Sunday. Sunday's an interesting day to pick a, a, a you know, a presidential visit or presidential event uh, because it's just it's a day where you're you're going to have the most de minimis amount of media attention or media coverage there will it will be covered and there will be attention but it will it's not like oh let's say today which is when he made his announcement and of course the announcement uh, was absurdity stacked upon absurdity he started off by saying, I'm looking at the White House transcript. I watched it earlier, and I, my eyebrows raised when he said this. Uh, reading from the transcript, he said, our politics have been so divisive. You know, it's getting better, but it's been so darn divisive. It clouds the picture, and it clouds our picture. And then he went on to blame Republicans as extremists and unserious in the very same speech. What is the opposite of division or divisiveness for him? I, I just don't quite understand it. He complains about divisiveness and then blow torches the room of his opponents um, proactively. There was no need. There was no need whatsoever to go after Republicans today. Um, he could have simply put up his plan and said, I invite you to contrast my plan with the plan of the other party. Instead, he went on to call the other party extremists and unserious. I don't know that we are the ones if you want to argue in the merits of this, who have been unserious on this. We have begged him to visit the border. Uh, we have begged him uh, not to take down the barriers that governors like Ducey were putting up because the feds wouldn't do it. Uh, we have begged him to support more custom and border patrol. 
We have begged all kinds of things, none of which is unserious. I think what's unserious is putting Kamala Harris in charge of it. That has been unserious because it has amounted to nothing. The major takeaway from this plan is no, not any more of a barrier, not any more uh, customs and border patrol folks. Um, No, none of that was the big takeaway from the plan. The big takeaway from the plan that he had that he issued today was an app, the concept of an app that you download on your telephone or that illegal uh, immigrants who want to come here seeking asylum would download on their and use to uh, let the uh, let the officials here on this side of the border know that they are coming. Uh, You know, if it strikes you as unserious, if you think the word unserious belongs there, let me tell you the countries he was identifying as the ones he wants to bring in more people from Cuba. Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Haiti. That's what he said. Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Haiti. Uh, he said, you know, these people are seeking asylum. We need to make their seek, their search for asylum uh, more uh, more efficacious and and more and easier to process. And you know, it's just something interesting to me about that um, that group of countries. Something really interesting to me about that group of countries. Does anyone ever take a step back, just a step back to think about what they all have in common and what our concern is here about this country and ideology? These these are countries that have been ruined and ravaged by an ideology called Marxism. These are communist countries led by communist thugs and dictators who are animated and fueled by a Marxist ideology. Now, when we warn and worry about Marxism, we're told we're being hysterical. Well, why is it people are fleeing? Can we connect the dots here a little bit? Why are people fleeing countries whose governing ethos is Marxism? Can can we try and connect the dots? So when we have uh, American schools, when we have Americans' publications, when we have textbooks and children's books venerating Karl Marx, might we just try and think about who the real hysterics are here, please? Okay. Anything you want on your mind, I'm here for you. 602-508-0960. Got a great group of guests coming up, including someone who has done her level best to fight back against all that nonsense, particularly in our schools and in our education system. The founder of Libs of TikTok, Haya Reichick, she'll be with us at the top of the second hour. Jonathan Lyons will be with us, Sam Stone, and you, 602-5080-960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you are interested in starting the year off by securing the value of your cash reserves and investments and guarding them against what many are predicting will be a brutal year for the value of the dollar and the stock market, check out the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to safeguard your wealth with the stability of gold. These are great guys. Gold holds its value when economies fail. With stocks and bonds crashing over 20% last year, gold has held its value. Those who converted to gold with Midas Gold Group created a hedge against the ravages of inflation. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or better yet, give them a call at 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000. The veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. There's Robin Surprise, someone I have not heard from in a long time. Rob, how you been? 
Oh, I've been okay, Seth. Uh, Happy New Year to you. I don't think I've talked to you before the New Year. No, it's been a long time. Happy New Year to you. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. Um, I've been reading a lot more about Kevin McCarthy over the last week when this whole basketball game got started with him. And, uh, you know, my my bottom line is I'm I'm still kind of confused. But from what I see, obviously, he's not getting the requisite number of votes. That's fairly clear. I've heard, and maybe this is true, that he's already started moving into the Speaker's office, uh, which is, again, a little premature. And I understand that maybe not all of the 20 or so people are uh, opposing him because they want something from him, although some of them probably do. I think um, this goes back to, you know, remember back in the old days when uh, Republicans used to say, well, it's his turn to be you know, take your pick, President. Uh, yes, 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 sure, sure, sure. And and maybe there's still some of that hanging on. But my, my, I don't know if I even have a conclusion, but it sounds to me like the people that are opposing him, uh, even though he's got more than 200 and what, 210 for him, uh, are saying he's a rhino. He's from California. Uh, pick any, uh, he's, He's a uh, no silly excuse. He's got an ego. I mean, don't they all? Um, I, I just think, and, and then they bring up some other names, you know, Douglas and Gates and Jordan, and um, that's well and good. But I know Jordan had uh, voted for, had, unless he's changed, had voted for McCarthy. Um, and it, it kind of shows in a way it's not so much that the Republican Party is divided, is that they have a different, each of them are individuals and have a different way of looking at the party. Um, nobody can ever come to a consensus unless you have everybody in lockstep like Nancy Pelosi did with uh, the Democrats. Um, so in a way, it makes the Republicans look good because uh, Republicans have differing opinions on lots of things, but they're still Republican. But then many are still rhinos. And that seems to be one of the biggest complaints that I'm hearing is that Kevin McCarthy's a rhino, so everything is going to be status quo if you vote him in. Um, I just I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't know uh, even with some of the names that were popped up as possible alternatives that they want a job uh, as a Speaker of the House. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is the only one that seems to want it bad enough and to be persistent about it, but it also seems like he. Uh, may have some flaws and shortcomings. Well, don't we all? Um, I don't know, Seth. What do you think? Well, I think you've done a good a good roundup of the summary of of all aspects of this, Rob. I really do. And and so let's 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 talk about it. Uh, I, I think that's a real well-rounded group of thoughts and concerns. Um, uh, let me start with the one that I have the least amount of patience for which is um, a version of I don't want to put words in your mouth, but a version of uh, you put it put it better. Or correct me if I have it wrong, Rob, a version of how you put um, put the phrase that it's good that Republicans, you know, aren't all in lockstep. Um, yeah, usually I would agree with you when and if it's based on a principle. Um, and well, I have been struggling like with an old man with a divining rod looking for water in the desert trying to find what the principle is here 
Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's hard. It's hard to find. I, I can't get the answer of uh, for it. Some, some, some obviously want committee assignments. Some obviously have been wronged by McCarthy over the years, and there's a personal peak aspect to it. But it, it's hard to divine an ideological principle when you have, you know, support from most of a delegation or most of a caucus that I think we all kind of like whether we're talking about Congressman Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin or whether we're talking about Jim Jordan or whether we're talking about some of the people from the outside of the Congress who have who have rallied to support uh, Kevin McCarthy. Um, so when you have people who let's take Matt Gates, for example, who who is a never McCarthy person, um, if you have t- take someone like him. And he thinks the better idea was his vote today. Did you see who he voted for and nominated for Speaker? Donald Trump. Was that Douglas? It was Donald, oh, Trump. Donald Trump. He yeah. voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. No, he departed on the Donald's thing. So, again, I mean, you know, not even this 20 is 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 easy to discern what their what their main point is. So he supports Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been a vociferously supportive of Kevin McCarthy, as I mentioned in the exactly. previous segment, even uh, even put it out on Twitter that he is supporting Kevin McCarthy. Um, I hate the idea, along with you, that it should just be someone's turn. I think I'm almost always finding myself in support of a candidate for president, at least, who it isn't that person. <laughs> I think if I look mm-hmm. back, oh, I've yeah. never liked that idea that it's always someone's turn. Let's take um, let's take this phrase rhino. Um, it's a phrase that a lot of you use. I don't use it myself, but let's 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 substitute what I would say a moderate Republican. Uh, fair enough, sure. a moderate. He, he's conde- condemned or concerned to be a moderate Republican. I, I don't know what that means anymore. This is a man who has a hundred percent rating from the NRA, the National Rifle uh, Association. This is a man who has a zero percent rating from the pro-choicers and 100% rating from Gary Bauer's campaign for working ca- families and the California Pro-Life Council. This is a man who uh, has a 95% rating from the Eagle Forum. That's the old Phyllis Schlafly organization, a 92% rating from Concerned Women for America. You know that that great group of ladies um, who were storming the country on behalf of Donald Trump. 100% rating from the Christian Coalition of California. Uh, you know, how moderate and how wobbly do you have to be to have those kinds of scores and ratings? Um, I, 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 I just struggle to see that as the point. But let's remember what the main job of Speaker of the House is. The main job of Speaker of the House is not, and it's a very good reason why I don't think Jim Jordan wants it, nor should I prefer Jim Jordan to have it. The main job of the Speaker of the House is to go around the country and to raise money for the party, to raise money for fellow Republican congressmen and to increase their numbers. Kevin's very good at that. He did it to the tune of over $200 million this last round, getting in a lot of the people, by the way, like Lauren Boebert, who are voting against him. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's not what you want to waste your Jim Jordans on. You don't want to waste, waste a resource like Jim Jordan on that. You want Jim Jordan being the chair of judiciary and using his rapier brain to investigate, criticize, condemn, and draw out the lies of the left and, uh, and, and the, and the, uh, and the established, uh, 
the established Democrats in Washington, D.C. You want him investigating Fauci. You want him investigating the FBI. Producer says I have to take a break. Let's both hold. Rob, take the break and come back when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Rob calling in from Surprise. Had a really good roundup of the pros and cons of the debate taking place for speaker, and I uh, did my best to respond to some of it. And, Rob, I'll let you say uh, whatever you want. And just one more yeah. point. After one more point I want to make, just one more uh, – two, okay. two, two more points I want to make. I have heard for days on end – people saying the debate is healthy. It's good that we have a debate. And I said, well, as I said earlier with you, um, if it's based on a a sincere ideology, if it is based on uh, candor, intelligence and goodwill, sure. But at a certain point, what does it say about a debate with no end? Um, We have now had 10 rounds of voting and uh, an attempt by Andy Biggs to make the uh, run for speaker this past November, two months ago, within the caucus. The votes have been every time the same. I mean, Andy Biggs got 31 in November, but less since. But for the last 10 rounds of voting, it's been 200 to, 10, to, to, to 20, 200 to 20. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, if the consent of the governed means anything, the debate is really over. At what point does the debate end? Is there goodwill in having this debate when it keeps coming up with the same answer again and again? Does consent of the governed mean anything anymore? Um, And I will tell you what I worry about with those numbers. If you watch the leaderboard of these votes, you will see that the Democratic caucus keeps giving Hakeem Jeffries their, their nominee for speaker about 212 votes. You only need 218. There are a lot more moderate Republicans in the House of Representatives than there are Freedom Caucus members. A lot more. And I really worry about a scenario in which 212 Democrats work to get six really moderate or liberal Republicans and do something that is going to make us all think that the victory of the House of Representatives was Pyrrhic at best. Anyway, that's those are my thoughts. And they're very good thoughts, I might add. Um, I I think a lot of it goes into everybody has perhaps a different view of what a rhino is. Yeah, sure. Many people think that it means that they vote for whatever the Democrats are for, so that's compromise and that's that's how you get things done. Well, that's partially true, but it doesn't necessarily make them a rhino in the sense that they're always going to be voting Democrat. I think that uh, yeah, the the consent of the governed is an issue. Uh, the issue of compromise is an issue. I know that uh, people were complaining about Kevin McCarthy because he's got, you know, ties to K Street, you know, the lobbyists and everything. Well, don't most of them anyway? No, all of um, them. Yeah, okay. I was trying to be generous. But, um, you know, so, so that to me is all a real non-issue. So the longer, and I know that historically there have been uh, you know, in the 1700s, 1800s, there have been everywhere from like 30 to 100 or something different votes. But, you know, those were different times, perhaps. But I think I probably could have uh, lived with some, the opposite parties in those times. too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if did, you're talking yeah. between Jefferson and Adams. Like yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Fine by me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, you know, again, that rhino means different things to different people. Yes, sure. And, um, sure. Many people are, I think, bringing that up or at least I'm reading that people are bringing that up. And I think that needs to be 
I don't know, it needs to be clarified what a rhino really is. I mean, people would say McCain was a rhino. Well, in some people's eyes, because, you know, he was such a maverick, uh, and in name only means, he's, but he's still stuck with the party. So you got to give somebody who's a Republican some credit, uh, at least to offset what is now obviously a left-wing liberal socialist uh, leaning towards communism. I, I, uh, I think I agree with what party. your terminology is on Rhino, but have you ever thought uh-huh. of a world, ever thought of a world of someone who had a hundred percent rating from the NRA and gun owners for America and zero from the national uh, for the American Federation of Teachers uh, and a hundred percent from the pro-life movement as a rhino? Would you ever, until this week, have thought that? No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Brought up, I know. Uh, I brought know. up that, that point. You know, people like Lauren Boebert, who uh, you know are probably going to be in that same category at least. So it seems. I don't know if her. And she nominated someone today I'd never actually heard of, and I'm embarrassed to say that because it sounds like this guy might be an okay guy. He's the head of the Republican Study Committee. But, Uh you know, can we be serious here? I mean, the question is, who else is getting 200 votes? No one. Who else is is getting double digits? Who else, you know? yeah, they need to poop or get off the pot, I think, at this point. And, well, they've and lost just, uh, ten times. They've lost ten uh-huh. times. And people will say, well, McCarthy has lost ten times. Yeah, but this is where I kind of agree with Sean Hannity. Yeah, he lost, but he got 200. <laughs> you know? You got 20. Yeah, I get it. It's – thanks, Rob. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960, 602 Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, our friends at Y-Refi have an investment opportunity for you in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market. You can turn your monthly income on. You can turn it off. You can compound it, whatever you like. And there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. It is a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers up to 10.25% rate of return, 10.25%. A due diligence approved firm, you can check YRefi out at the website, investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call them at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-YREFI-34. Reminding folks what the other side uh, believes Um Congresswoman from Missouri's 1st District, Cori Bush, one of the members of the squad, so to speak. I don't think it's a squad anymore. I think it represents the entire party, uh, certainly when no one in the party was willing to denounce her, no one in their party. Uh, Byron Donalds is an African-American member of Congress representing Florida's 19th District, and his name was floated uh, and suggested as someone who could be the next Speaker of the House of Representatives for the Republicans. And as many of you now know, and we covered this when it happened, she tweeted out, Cori Bush did, member of the squad did, for what it's worth, Byron Donalds is not a historic candidate for Speaker. He is a prop. Despite being black, he supports a policy agenda intent on upholding and perpetuating white supremacy. His name being in the mix is not progress. It's pathetic. 
Someone tweeted, somehow you managed to turn the fact that a black guy might achieve something historic into perpetuating white supremacy, which is a good response as far as it goes. It's a completely racist statement, completely bigoted statement, and it should have been denounced by the adults in the Democratic Party. If it were a moderate party, it would have denounced such a thing. There was a time when the Democratic Party used to police itself on those things. There was a time when there were members of the party that had some shame to them. There was a time when Jesse Jackson would go off the rails in the 80s from time to time. He would apologize. I think that ended with Al Sharpton, who has never, ever apologized. And I think it ended when Nancy Pelosi and the speak and the Democratic caucus, which had the majority in the House of Representatives, refused to denounce any of the anti-Semitic vitriol that was coming from your Rashida Tlaib's and Ilan Omar's. But last uh, night, uh, Byron Donalds did take to uh, Fox Business uh, talking with Stuart Varney uh, to respond. Uh, let's take a listen to what he said here. Your Democrat colleague, sure. Cory Bush, attacked you online in a tweet. She calls you a prop for upholding white supremacy. I'd like you to take this opportunity to respond to that, sir. Well, I mean, first of all, I thought it was just blatantly outrageous. Um, first, you know, it, man, it, it, that sucked, man, to be honest with you, man. I'm sorry. I, I feel, you know, bad that she really put that out there because, you know, if you see a black man rising, I mean, let the man rise, even if you don't agree with them. Specifically to my policies, I would argue that she should sit down and debate me one-on-one. -on -one. And let's do that, Stu. We could do it on your program. We could do it yeah. on CNN. We could do it on MSNBC. I'm open to all of that. Uh, but to, to throw a statement out there, I thought was just uh, the complete wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, as a black man to a black woman, I would have never done that to her. It's, just, it's a shame that she did it to me. It was an insult. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's an adult. And you could hear the hurt in his voice. And uh, there should be. There should be. This is, you know, the use of race to achieve Marxist ends. It's not any kind of attempt to end what they call white supremacy in this country at all. If it were, she would have thought that maybe because you're a minority doesn't mean you have to think lockstep. Being of a racial category and having that define how you think has a pretty ugly pedigree. One that I thought was ended at Nuremberg. Evidently not. Seems to be alive and well in the Democratic Party. Mike's in Carefree. Hello, Mike. Hi. Uh, nice Thanks for having me on your show. Always, thank you. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I remembered the phrase, you know, uh, a man's reach should exceed his grasp. And and uh, and to that end, I remember Bill Clinton saying, "Why did you have your affair with Monica Lewinsky?" And his answer was, well, "For one of the worst possible reasons, because I could." And I fear that that's what the Freedom Caucus is doing now. Some members, right? I mean, I think there are divisions in it, right? There are some members right. of the Freedom right. Okay, fair enough. You mean the group of 20, right? Yes, yeah, group okay. of 20. Yeah, okay. They, they've had a month where, where it was settled that they could articulate their grievances and come to a solution in, in an adult fashion. And, and they, they need to go back and channel Reagan and say, Look, first, there's an 11th commandment, and secondly, if you get 80% of what you want, 
settle for it and be happy. Here we got 90, it looks like, <laughs> right? Or 91, yeah. actually. Okay, go on. But I, I'm yet to hear this group of people, many of whom I've liked in the past, articulate what it is they want. Right. I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're just going and throwing sand in the, in the machinery, it's like, why? What, what is it that you want? If you want something, be, a, be an adult and approach it in a logical and straightforward fashion. What they're showing is they are not ready to govern. It is interesting, that last point. They are not ready to govern because they keep throwing up different names even within that small group of 20. It is a small group, and they and they each seem to have different favorites, don't they? Matt Gates supported Donald Trump today. Laura Boebert supported someone else. A group was supporting still Byron Donald's. I imagine this all, if memory serves, this all started, if I'm not mistaken, with a, with an effort for Andy Biggs, um, who doesn't seem to be uh, a nominee for the position any longer. But I think two other points you made are worth emphasizing. Throwing sand in the gears. Wasn't the job here as a Republican of whatever stripe to throw sand in the gears of the Democrats' agenda? Right. What, it right. wasn't that our job? in the eyes of, of our own people. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that uh, the idea was to throw sand in the gears of stampeding progressivism? And we are now in the third day of not being able to do any of that. Uh, We'll probably go another couple of days on that front. And then I guess I guess at another level, the the other point, Mike, I I would make is um, it's awfully hard it's awfully difficult to support the concept of debate when what you said is so eminently true. We went through this in November when Andy Biggs ran and got 31 votes. We have now gone through 10 versions of this since Tuesday, and the result is something akin to 200 to 20 or 200 or 219 to 21. I mean, what does it say about consent and your commitment to consent what does it say about leadership when you refuse to accept the result not of a minor majority not of a plurality what does it say when you refuse to accept an overwhelming majority of support i mean that's a 91 percent difference isn't it which one of them did has voted against defunding the extra IRS agents, because that was going to happen on day one. That's right. That's right. That's right, Mike. Good point. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-5089-60. Kaya Reitschik is going to join us at the top of the next hour, the founder of Libs for TikTok, Libs of TikTok, sorry, Libs of TikTok. Bob is in Payson. Hello, Bob. How are you? Hey, Seth. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing all right. I just have a quick question I don't know the answer to, and I often don't know the answer to a lot of things that go on in Washington. What is the list of complaints? at the 20 Republicans that are holding out on the election of the Speaker? And what is the list of complaints for the 200 Republicans that are voting for the Speaker? Is it borders and security? Is it defense? Is it the budget? Is it all the other illicit things that are going on in Washington, like Hunter Biden's laptop and possibly his conviction or the impeachment of Joe Biden? 
What are the disagreements? Do you happen to know? No, and that's the problem. And you'd think after three days, a relatively well-informed, if not an extremely well-informed audience might have a grasp of that, including your faithful host. I don't know. Um, On most of the items you ticked off, Kevin McCarthy has already uh, said that, you know, he supports. And if we had Jim Jordan at the chair of judiciary seated, sworn in and seated, he'd already be issuing subpoenas. He would already be having hired staff of investigators and attorneys to get to it. But the idea, the idea, Bob, that you and I sit here as relatively, if not more, well-informed folks and cannot understand what the unified field theory of dissent here is. Uh, yeah, it's a problem. It's, 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 almost, it's almost anarchy. Why, why do you suppose they're holding it in secrecy, Seth? I, I well, I think, I think it's personal I, peak. Look, I think it is personal peak. I think that you know Kevin McCarthy was the minority leader for uh, some years now and uh, you know I'm sh- I'm sure some elbows struck one another I'm I'm sure of it I'm sure of it I, I mean how could it not how could they not there's different styles there's different personalities there's different agendas um but if it comes to the border if it comes to you name it I I I don't get it I simply don't I don't know what it is I have not heard it and the fact that these folks are so articulate, most of them, I think, are, and they can't and they can't leave us with a lasting impression of what this is about. That's itself problematic. Seth, let me offer you this possibility. Yes, sir. Is it, is it possible? Is it possible that the twenty have information and the two hundred are on those lists of information they don't want to become public? Oh, you mean like some kind of scandalous piece of information? Exactly. Well, I, you know, anything at this point is possible, as a philosophy professor might say. Anything is possible. But it strikes me that um, if there were anything scandalous about any leadership in the Republican Party, your Adam Schiff's and Washington Post's would have exposed it a long time ago. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Don't go away. Higher right chick of lips of TikTok coming right up. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com